Welcome to the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced runner and running physiotherapist. I created this podcast not only so I had an excuse to talk running each and every week, something that I love to do, but more importantly, this podcast gives me the opportunity to interview fellow runners, friends and health professionals in a relaxed and easygoing format. This podcast is designed for the everyday runner, so we can all live, learn, grow and enjoy everything there is to running together. I hope you enjoy the show. I put Max to bed and then I went in his room and he wasn't there. I did three laps of the house and found him in the laundry behind the door hiding. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, guys, let's get cracking. Let's do it. Welcome back to another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. Uh, another episode of the Lockdown 50K Challenge. Welcome back, boys. Evening. Six days to go. Uh, it's getting a little bit real. Um, Dan Andrews announced new COVID safe plans today that affect our event um, a fair bit. What did you make of the plans, JD? Um, he went on for a little bit and there was, it was quite complicated, um, but from what we are grasping right now, it was pretty good news. I suppose we'll clarify throughout the week, but this is what we can uh, sort of make sense of it now. Yeah, so we'll definitely have to confirm all this, but it's either means that we can have 500 people in groups of 50 or Box Hill Athletes track being a, a larger venue, we can have 25% of their capacity, which um, either way sounds good for our little event next weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, like if Zatapec was one of their biggest events that they had last year, I'd say they would have had about a thousand people. So yeah, and that wasn't even capacity. So, um, but we're going to try to make sure that we've got a good sort of COVID safe uh, policy in place for the event. Um, so we're going to make sure that we have a sign-in sheet at the front entrance. Um, yep. Sanitizer, really want to make sure that anyone who is keen to come brings a mask. Uh, obviously, it's not mandatory to wear a mask outside anymore, but It'd be great if everyone had a mask on hand. Um, so really wanted to make sure everyone brought a mask to the event. And um, yeah, what else are we gonna do? We're gonna have some sanitizer out the front um, as well. Uh, and we yeah. just wanna make sure if you do come along, just common sense with social distancing, obviously. And if we follow the rules, the event's gonna go without a hitch. and everyone's going to have a good time out there. Nice. Anything to add, Dion? Um, No, I I sort of mirror what JD was saying, just common sense, bringing a mask. um, You know, you might not have to wear it if there's not many people, particularly early, but as there's more people and if there's a crowd, um, you obviously want to stay safe and not congest too much. Um, But yeah, just sign, sign in your first name, your your mobile number and the time that you sign in. And, you know, that's just like prevent, you know, worst case scenario if, if there's anything going on. But um, otherwise, it, um, I think everyone should be able to just have a, a good fun time um, cheering a few laps yeah. um, or for however long people want to show up. But yeah, 
just mirroring what Jay said. And, and it also gives us an idea of how many people are in the venue at any one time by the sign-in sheet. So if you can make sure that you sign out when you leave as well, it would be a great help. Yep. And we're going to make sure that um, we've got a few volunteers for the day, so we're going to make sure that we've sort of got a few people sort of roaming um, here and there just to double-check that sheet. So hopefully there's someone there thereabouts um, around the front. Um, yep. Otherwise, um, for those that can't make it, um, I've got one of the kids that I coach, Damien Clark, on our Facebook Live um, coverage, and he'll team up quite closely with the Runner Chat guys, um, so who are who are the MCs for the event, um, and we'll be making sure there's a bit of music as well. Um, so that's that's all good, and and then we've got the. Um, the zero plus sports beers um, and, and those guys down for the event too, Dion. Yeah, they'll be um, giving out a few few samples, and if you're not, you know, ready to have a non-alcoholic drink in the first thing in the morning, you'll you'll be able to um, take take a bit home and, and taste it, you know, <laughs> when you have dinner or something. But um, yeah, they're going to be around, and you might be able to ask them a bit more about the beer and stuff if you if you can. But um, yeah, um, and also like. I don't think we've got any like food vans or anything, so bring your own water and um, stuff like that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. The kiosk. Yeah, so the have... kiosk is going to be closed. The club rooms are closed. Uh, the toilets will be open uh, by Box Hill, but um, just because of COVID, still the club rooms will be closed. Yeah. yeah. So uh, pack yourself a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> Nice and uh, temp long range temperature forecast, Johnny. You've been um, looking at it uh, almost daily. What's it? Uh, uh, what's well, it say now? Almost minute to minute. So <laughs> early days it was looking like it was going to be pretty warm, like thirty degrees. But at this stage, it looks like we might get a bit bit of relief after Saturday, and um, sort of low to mid twenties. We can hopefully, hopefully get on the Sunday which would be fantastic. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, that long-range forecast is, is a little bit dodgy at times, so um, <laughs> we'll know more as the week progresses. Um, uh, but the fortunate thing about having the event around the track is um, we're each going to sort of prepare, like, you know, whether it's um, some sponges or, or something like that on our tables and, um, yes, uh, hope, hopefully have... Um, uh, we've got a couple of people that we're still trying to sort out for first day just in case as well for the event. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, uh, from there, um, was there anything else you guys thought we should add in terms of moving parts? Uh, not really. Um, not, not that comes to mind at the moment anyway. Yeah. Otherwise, uh -huh. um, yeah, I guess we're, we've sort of got a few things that we're doing behind the scenes just in terms of, um, yeah, organising bibs, tables, drinks, uh, uh, gifts and breakfast for the volunteers and, um, uh, yeah, marquees and, and whatnot. Um, but, like, that's, that's, I suppose, just uh, all the behind the scenes workings of the event. Otherwise, it's, it's looking really good and it, it's looking like um, we're actually going to get this thing off the ground, which um, 
you know, when we started this chat and this podcast um, nine weeks ago, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a journey, hasn't it? Um, but it's been um, definitely a great learning experience, like we said in the last couple of weeks, um, yeah, about the behind-the-scenes workings of an event and, and everything that goes into it. Yeah. Um, speaking of journeys, I, I probably should mention where my shoes are at the moment. Yeah, what's the latest update? Uh, I wouldn't usually find it so fascinating, but because we can't travel currently, um, it's, I've been really closely looking at where my shoes are. So they ended up making it to Florida. Um, FedEx picked them up and took them back to Memphis, which is more central. And from there, they've had a nice little sunny vacation in Honolulu in Hawaii. And But they have now touched down in New South Wales. So they will arrive by Tuesday. So <laughs> big relief that I'll actually have shoes for race day. Tuesday, the first, what is it? The uh, first, what, the 6th of December? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, the Tuesday before the race, mate. Oh, cool, cool. You do a few few strides in them on Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, it'd be be nice to not get them the day before, so I can actually wear them a little bit and see how they feel. Yeah, the Hyperion twos. Yeah, the the super shoes are still quite new to me, so I need a bit of a bit of a run around. And Dion, any progress? Um, well, I've got my shoes. So I'm. Google on that front, but I'm not. I still haven't heard back from uh, World Athletics about whether I'm able to wear the shoes. But um, I'm, I'm not by actually, all. I'm not sure if we actually will, Dion. I think the form we just have to send them, um, and more so they'll tell us if they need okay. more testing on them. Hmm. Well, that makes a bit more, bit more sense. Yeah. They did say they potentially could take our shoes post-race yeah they yeah that's true yeah okay but I, I guess they fit the requirements uh, of all the other shoes that are passing yeah 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 um yeah okay and um all right well um like that doesn't tempt you guys to just wear a pair of nike next percents for the race or well, that that goes against sponsorship yeah, yeah, that won't go down well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go over um, the week that was. Um, Apples, how was your training week? Uh, pretty good. Thanks, boys. Now, um, where are we? Monday. Sorry, I was getting it all ready. Monday was the 16th. Correct. Uh, yeah, 14 Ks for... Um, 64 minutes, and that is at night. So Monday's usually at night after B gets back from work. Went down, did some barefoot laps, um, ran into Phil, one of our supporters, and uh, convinced him to just have a go at a couple of barefoot laps, and he was he was quite pleased. Um, just a couple, ease into it. Um, but it's amazing, as I was saying to him, it's amazing how you, you feel. Like if you looked at my Strava, you'd see when I did the laps. Because the pace just quickens without the effort. Um, oh no, you feel good. It's flat, that kind of thing. So yeah, feeling good. 14k, 434s. Um, I'm doing a little bit of this barefoot just to try and strengthen up the foot structures um, because I haven't been able to do a lot of marathon-specific work or 
um, also nor the marathon specific work in my uh, race shoes. So I'm just conscious that I really want to have, you know, strong, especially my left calf. Like that's probably my, my area that I'm going to be focusing a lot on coming into the race. Uh, Tuesday, uh, pretty tired in the morning. So did a 10K at 20 past six in the evening again. There you go. Must have got everyone's dinner stored and then got out for a run. Um, and then Wednesday. So the plan, I did originally want to go down on Tuesday, but <clears throat> given that we did 33, almost 34Ks on Sunday, I needed uh, I needed the recovery and there was no reason to, um, to try and push anything. Uh, so I got everything sorted and got down to Berwick for a 5.30 start. Um, and... Geez, I wish there was some public toilets nearby. <laughs> yeah. Just, um, you know, you go to the toilet before you leave home, but as every runner knows, the systems start working into gear. Anyway, I was able to find a, um, a work site that had a, an open toilet, so that was really good. Anyway, 7K warm-up, so it was a bit longer than planned. 7K warm-up, and then I knocked a uh, 10K session on the track in full race kit and i broke it up into three by eight laps i was going to do three by three k but i figured you know i couldn't be bothered trying to lengthen the the recoveries and and try and sort it out that way and i figured um the pace was feeling really cruisy in the first one so i just went to eight laps and then did a 200 meter kind of jog um after the first one i had to stop the watch and turn auto lap off because it was annoying me the discrepancies with the k's on the track so anyway that went really well it was another um well for me it was a warmer morning obviously we've, we've come into quite a few warm mornings but this one the the direction of the track the finishing or the straights run uh, east west so this was something that really um brought my attention to race day and and we're starting at that sunrise kind of time and for a lot of that first 10 minutes i was pretty much closing my eyes down the back straight as as the sun was just re reaching the horizon so um i had the hat on as well uh and anyway i, I don't know about with you guys but i just didn't feel like i was moving very well going down the back straight into the into the sun but as soon as the sun was behind me and i could you know open my eyes up and feel good i was flowing quite well so something to consider for race day for that first you know probably 20 minutes um yeah so average 321s and 322s for the reps uh, as in the pace um, which was really good and i just i don't know i just kind of got into that gear i didn't force it and i didn't really even though when I was just getting into the monotony of the laps, I didn't slow down um, too much. And so that felt really good for my first real session. My calf, my left calf probably pulled up a little bit sore the next day or that rest of that day. When I say sore, it was just like, um, you did something you haven't done for a while. So I've kept an eye on that for this week. Cool down was a 4K. Uh, that gave me like 22Ks for the morning. Um, and then, was able to get to work no what did i do got home and then got to work just before you know 8 30. so that was um it was weird running so early because by the time work had finished i'm like oh 
I forgot I'd even trained that day. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Thursday, after school, ran home. 10 and a bit Ks. Uh, glad it was only 10 and a bit Ks. Was, was feeling quite heavy from that one. Still at 4.30, so the pace is good. And then I had Friday off. Um, those Thursday and Friday mornings, I tried to get up and do a, a second run, like as in a split the easy runs into two, that kind of thing. But with the weather, with how I was feeling, I was just tired. So I think I did gym on Thursday morning and then ran Thursday night. And then Friday, I just had it off and slept. And um, we did got the boys new shoes so they're kitted out for their athletic season coming up and they loved it so friday off and saturday woke up feeling great because of it um yeah we had family time in the morning went down to the local park the, the pump track in cockatoo riding around and then went out for a run at 12 30 so midday uh hot when i say hot it was like that mid mid to high 20s but um Obviously, the sun was around, but then as I started, the clouds came in, so it was really nice. Anyway, did my big general loop, uh, 15, I think 15-ish Ks warm-up, finished at the track, um, and then did the session of five by two laps on, one lap float. Now, I, I just kept the, the New Balance 1080s on for this one, and um, yeah, it was nice to try and just do something that wasn't too stressful, but really focused on acclimatizing to the to the heat in case we're going to get a bit of that so I, I know for me I need to do quite a few runs in the heat just to get my body used to it and, and feel comfortable so um yeah chalk and cheese from Tuesday's track session to Saturday's track session with the the grass and the the heavies and the and the uh the feel and with the weather so got that done 25 and a bit k's 415s and then this morning Ash, a friend of a friend of ours, who's going to come and cheer us on with his son Remy. That's his plan for Sunday. Um, he came up to my place. And we went out to Jembrook and back, and did a nice 17 and a bit k loop in just under 80 minutes um, to round out a 98, 99 k week. So all systems go. Um, yeah, recovery time from here on. And so Apple's. Um that's a really good week and some really good workouts. Um, no riding this week? No riding this week. I did plan to ride today to do a, a car shuffle, but um, just ran out of time for, for that. But yeah, no riding. I just want to uh, want to try and recover as best I can. And um, and you know when you're, you, your legs are just feeling heavy, like your quads are feeling yeah. heavy from that. And I know I've noticed it quite a bit through probably last month when I was riding a lot and running. Um, yeah, quads were just solid and obviously not recovering enough. So, um, yeah, no cycling, no cycling next week, maybe. No, no cycling next week. Um, and then a lot of cycling post post race. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll be walking anywhere, that's for sure. <laughs> be, uh, uh, and also that session that you did the uh, testing day, the a 10k workout that's a really solid workout you know 10k is all quicker than you know what it's race pace um yeah and like the the floats were pretty solid not even that long and um so you were happy with how you pulled up and then backed up with the the saturday workout as well yeah uh 
Look, during the 10K, I think, like, through the second rep, I just wasn't, as um, Brad Croker would say, I wasn't really covering the ground that well. Um, I was obviously rusty still. Like, I haven't been on a synthetic track for uh, probably this year and um, and running at that kind of pace. Uh, like, I'm, I'm underdone, but when I got into the third one, I just kind of got into a nice groove. Like, it all just kind of clicked in. And then I think with 600 to go, I just um, just pinched it a little bit, you know, picked it up and, and felt really strong and was, was finished feeling good, you know, ran on straight after that. But the day after, I knew I had done a session. Like, on the Tuesday, I, I mean, on the Wednesday, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't cooked at all. You know, I was feeling good. I made sure I did all the my recovery protocols and, and whatnot and was at work and I was bouncing off the walls with excitement and just, you know, whew, everything's going well. And then Thursday came around and I was like, yep, I'm a bit groggy, but um, really happy with that. Uh, as I said, my calf is probably the, the area that I'll be – my left calf is something that I've got to keep an eye on just because it hasn't had time to kind of bed in. And with the high-stack shoes, turning left – um, that plantar, no, what is it? The um, tip posterior is something that always is something on my radar when it comes to overuse injuries. So I'll be doing things to make sure that that's you know looked after on race day. Maybe a bit of taping, um, maybe a, a compression garment on it. So I'm saying it as if it's injured or whatever. Like there is no soreness in the area. There's there's no anything. Yeah, I'm just very conscious of what 250 corners could potentially do after only doing um, 50. So, yeah, happy. And, yeah, got a um, – as I was saying to Ash today, like, he goes, you're underestimating yourself. But for me, I'm, I'm aware I'm not fit enough, but um, as in maybe to, to race for a win, but who knows, I'm hoping I can finish in it. I'm hoping AI can finish, oh, and then be, nice. You know, yeah, like why not? You know, Good. Just, as I, as I said to you guys, and as I said to Ash, I'm just there's no expectation whatsoever. Um, I'll just go in it and I'll run until a I can't run because something's really tight, and then I'll play it safe. Or if I'm just running out of energy, you know, I can I can take a lap, walk it. And then if I'm feeling good again, like you guys are only 400 metres away, you know. So that's the other beauty of the track is yeah. it might be a lap down, but a lap is a lap down might only be 90 seconds. Um, yep. Yeah. Which in terms of ultras and marathons is, is nothing. So we've all got to think like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, feeling like a runner again, slowly. All that secret training, hey? You just... <laughs> Here we go. Nice, Apples, because a couple of weeks ago, I was convinced that you're probably just going to go to 30, 35, 40K. Yeah, yeah. Look, I still, I'm still, uh, that might happen. Um, It's just, I'm not, I'm just loving it. I'm just enjoying it. Like, it's why I run. I don't run to put pressure on myself. So, and if I get injured, I get injured. You know, like, I'm, I I mean, ideally I won't. (laughs) That's the plan. But, like... It's not the thing that's that's. It's not my career. It's not keeping me afloat. It's just a, a hobby, and I want to test myself. And these kind of races, these unique races, or 
different challenges. These are the things that I love doing. So it's always the the uncharted waters that kind of make you want to do something even more. So I say that now. We'll see what happens in six days. <laughs> nice, man. nice. Especially when the lure of the sports beer is um, just off to the side. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're sitting on ice and we've still got a hundred I'm we've still got a hundred laps to go. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I, one question last week when I was talking to CJ Albertson um, that I wish I asked was does he reckon that running on the track is faster than running a marathon on the road? Um, and I was kicking myself after because it, it only really came to me um, after um, but I, I guess that's one thing as well like you know, when are you ever going to have a chance to run a 50K like this um, with the, I don't know, like it's just a, a unique situation that we've set up and so why not just make the most of it? And yeah. um, and like Dion said a few weeks ago, um, like there's, you know, it'd just be good to look back and go, oh, I've done a 50K race before and um, and I did it in this time and, and no matter what time it was, you sort of just go, okay, well, that's my 50K time. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's why... I'd love to have a race time next to my name. Like even if I have to take a couple of laps of walking just to recharge, you know, I'll do that. But I'll sit on sit on the train for as long as I can, I guess. You know, let's see what happens. Awesome. I don't know which train. It might be the pack in a mile. Well, I don't know. <laughs> don't line, but I'll sit on that train. <laughs> JD, uh, how was your week? Good. Good. I'm uh, gaining momentum. Um, nice. I ran on Monday night, which is actually. Sorry, JD. Are you gaining momentum as a taper, or are you still pumping out some big mileage? Oh no, I'm gaining momentum through the taper. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> um, as long as you're not lifting even further higher, you know. No, nah, probably probably 200k this week. Thought so. Thought so. I um, I ran Monday, which is. Actually, the first time I've run on a Monday since the start of October, which is ridiculous. I think it's because we record the podcast on Sunday night. I just I just skip Monday altogether. But I did 10K at 4.08 um, and felt really good. So happy with the start of the week. And I think the session I did, that 15K I did on the Saturday before, really, really lifted me, I think, knowing that I um, I was actually traveling pretty well. So um, on Tuesday, I went down to Gels Park, which I'm loving being able to get back down there because I've done so many Ks through there over the years. And I know when I'm feeling well or not traveling so well when I train there. So I did, uh, I did a 25-minute tempo, um, but just a bit more controlled than the ones from the last week. I did... So I did 7.5K at 320s, but I've written here, um, if last week's sessions felt like 95 to 100% effort, today was closer to 85% effort. So I um, so the pace was very similar, but it just felt a hell of a lot easier. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. It was, I could have gone faster, but uh, chose wisely to just, just keep controlled. So, um, so I did a 3K cooldown in 410s. Uh, I think I was riding the, the momentum from the session 
<laughs> that cool down. Um, I did plan for the week to try and get on the track a couple of times, even if it was easy days, just do some laps. And so I went down to Knox Athletics track on Wednesday after work, um, not knowing that Little Ass was on at the same time. So didn't get a look in on Wednesday. So I had to do, I ended up doing 15K along the bike paths around Knox Athletics track and it was pretty hot Wednesday and I'm glad that was over. Um, definite summer field to that run was sort of 15k at four tens, which um, I kicked it down a bit late just to get it done. Um, and then I had, from there I went to my osteo for a bit more fine tuning, bit of treatment on my back and uh, get myself ready for race day and I ended up having Thursday is a rest day, which um, why I had that off. Um, the only reason is because the second week before the race, I always have the Wednesday or Thursday off, so it's just habit. Um, it's worked well in the past, so I just I just stuck with it. So no need to chase K's in this week. So um, so I had that off and ran ten mile on uh, Friday night through Jules Park again on the way home from work in 409s. Um, didn't get out that early on the Saturday because Belinda goes for a long run, so um, try to squeeze this in between her run and the boys' swimming lessons in the afternoon. So I did start my warm-up just after 10 o'clock and I was starting to get quite warm at that stage, as Apple's said earlier. Um, so again, I think I was pretty keen for this session. I did 3K in four tens for the warm-up. And then the plan was a 5K time trial and the goal was under 16 minutes. But the way I approached it was if I run 250 for the first K, I'm 22 seconds up to start. And <laughs> that, should give, that should give me the buffer to get under 16, except I was feeling as good as I have in probably for the whole year and that um, 16 minute goal ended up turning into 15-12 for 5k Jeez. Um, and so I went out 3k and then turned around and lost a bit of momentum on the 180 turn and quite busy on the path dodging dogs and things on the way back so I actually ended up going through 3K in 8.52 and um, sort of lost a little bit at the end, but I I can't fault that session at all. Um, yeah, it's, I was pretty happy when I finished, so um, yeah, 15.12, which is it's pretty good, uh, pretty close to my sort of PB road sort of shape, so I'll take that. Um, 3.6k cooldown at 421s. And then, as I said, got home just in time, went to the boys' swimming lessons, and then uh, drove down to Ballarat. We were camping down in Ballarat for overnight and organised with Steve Monaghetti to come out on the bike with me this morning for my long run. And um, ended up running 25k 356s. And I, uh, I rode here. I forgot I even had gels on me because it was comfortable just running and chatting and 
so never took on any gels, felt good, and um, it was the week. It was a timely weekend. What I've done um, sort of reaffirmed what I've been feeling the last week or so. That um, and having a chat with Moner always helps. It, as you guys know, the last probably six months or so, like, I've been questioning, like, am I happy sort of being able to give 80% to training? Because uh, work and family, I can't justify 100% of what I used to do, and I tend to get injured off it now. So it was either be happy with 80% or sort of finish up trying to run competitively and just jog around a bit. So... I was pretty certain that next Sunday was going to be my last competitive race. Um, but this weekend sort of told me otherwise. So <laughs> I've decided that I should be happy with 80% of my usual training if I can do it long enough over a long enough period of time. It's uh, This weekend showed that I can actually run really well still. So... Um, yeah, so I'm not hanging up the shoes after all. So, um, nice. 98k week, uh, sorry, 91.3k week, and not much elevation to speak of. So I've completely cut that out. So, yeah, feeling good. I'm I'm in this fight up to my eyeballs now. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome week, Johnny. Um, like that 5k like really stands out that's so quick um um and like i reckon had we asked you sort of eight weeks ago ten weeks ago would have you would have you said you would have got that fit no because the way i was looking at it was glass half empty like oh, i've missed this day i'm missing this and I'm, i know how fast i can run off full training like i'm just too far short so and a day like yesterday, I felt like I was moving forward. I wasn't falling. You know, when you're struggling a bit, you just, you're not going forward and the pace shows you that you're struggling a bit, whereas just total opposite yesterday. So, so yeah, really happy. That's an awesome week, JD. That's it. The confidence, that's a confidence week, um, <clears throat> which is nice. The only downfall... I can see there is that um, you weren't able to get on the track, unfortunately, just to get that that yeah. lock-in feel for what it's going to be like. So, I'll, but, I'll, I'm going to try again a couple of times this week, but yeah. at the end of the day, it, it is what it is now. So yeah, yeah, yeah you, it's and only I, mental and games. Yeah, and I, I've, early days, I, I did do sort of one session that was 45 laps on the grass track, so. I have done some laps, um, probably not as many as I would have wanted to, but at the end of the day, the, I look back at the block and it's actually it's starting to stack up as a pretty good block for me. So there's some holes in it, obviously, but um, like I said, I'm actually coming to terms a bit more with that's just how our training will look going forward. So, so yeah. You would... Um you've got to take some notice of having that day off. I think that's that's been like a key for just consistency throughout. You know, you've had that day of recovery, both mentally and physically, and it's helped obviously allow you to continue training and, and to do some massive weekends as well. So 
um, you know, that's definitely something to consider going forward too, is, you know, factoring in a day off for... Yeah, definitely. I think you're right. It's um, because I've gotten to this point and I'm six days out, so fingers crossed the next six are cruisy and, yeah, it's... So I'm a bit surprised with how how well I've gone this weekend and the last couple of weeks in general, the speed has come back like I hoped coming off the hills. So, um, yeah, I just didn't think it'd come back this well. Mm, Smoky. (laughs) I agree, Apples. Um, Like that rest day on Thursday, John, like I loved how you've done it in the past. It's worked in the past. So you're just sticking with what you've done in the past. Um, So even mentally, it's quite valuable to just stick to the winning formula, don't change anything. Um, did Mona have any good advice today? Um, any advice going into the 50K? Yeah, he said just sit and then kick the last couple of laps. No, we spoke more about, um, I don't know, more about life than just this one race as well. So it was, it was quite, it's always, good to to listen to what he says and um yeah i took more out of that than any particular strategy for race day just just be be patient but also aggressive at the same time if that makes any sense yeah nice now i'm pretty wrapped that you're not hanging up the boots um yeah i think it's a good call it's i'm glad that there's going to be a few more um few more uh, races in the future <laughs> well, it, it looks it looked pretty certain uh, i'd say even a couple of weeks ago it was definitely looking certain but just to, yeah just to see the results from this weekend and everything working in the the right direction so it, it's it's really pleasing yep nice dion how is your how is your uh week this week um with two weeks to go um well, yeah, it was not a, a bad week overall. I um, kind of started the week out pretty solid in terms of Ks and uh, ended up finishing 138. So I kind of put the brakes on by the end of the week. Um, but yeah, in the Monday morning, I just went and did, uh, I think it was really windy. And so I just went and did, I did um, 16.8 Ks, um, just kind of normal kind of routes and down the Elwood Canal and along the coast um, and yeah so ran 4.16 um, and it was oh, it was also pretty hot and um, I, one of the guys I coached, Dane, who you know, Jay, um, he he came down for a massage um, and then we, we ran before the massage so we just did 40 minutes, 41 minutes so we did 9k at 4.33s um, so he started off with what was that 26 kind of K 20 yeah 25 26k day um, but it was pretty kind of cruisy um, kind of taking the, the foot off the pedal in terms of you know comparison to 200k weeks um, Tuesday morning um, I just we did uh, some 400 meter reps at the Caulfield Park group sessions and I just did a a few of those and then we did a, a cool down and then so that was 7.9k I guess yeah 414 uh, 514s per k um, there was a couple of like we walked all the recoveries from the 300 meter reps um, so that was why well, it was a bit slower and then in the uh, 
um, the 7 a.m. session. I paced one of the runners, Charlie. He was doing a 10k, and um, we're kind of doing like kind of like four tens, but it was a, we kind of built into that and a bit quicker by the end. And so that was 13.3k's at 4.24s. Um, and then so that was Tuesday. I'd already done kind of like 40 odd k's, and yeah. So Wednesday I was meeting one of my mates, Baden. We we're just going for a run, and I was planning. It was really hard to get out of bed actually and just get going. And I, I woke up super early, um, and I just thought, oh, I'll do a little bit of work before I go for the run, and ended up leaving a little bit later than I probably should have. And so I had to kind of um, put the foot down onto the pedal um, during the, the time before when I was supposed to meet him. And I ended up getting down to like three minute 10 per K just to get to the meeting spot on time. And um, But then we cruised um, for most of the rest of that run. And, and then I, so it was kind of 19.5 Ks at four tens. Um, felt pretty good though, um, I was wearing uh, one of the new hop shoes that are not quite released yet, but um, they feel really good. So um, it was a good everyday kind of running shoe that you do sessions in. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so we get to Thursday. Uh, we had kind of a like a progressive run around the Caulfield Park. And yes, yeah, so we just I just did a few laps and let, let the others kind of do the rest of it. And I didn't do all of it. I was trying to keep a lid on the Ks. So that was 7.9Ks at 4.33s and yeah, just nice and groovy. It was it was actually pretty warm um, and humid. Again, it's kind of like story of the last few weeks. And yeah, then I had a pretty decent break, kind of like 30 minutes between that and then I just did like a progressive three laps around Caulfield Park, which it's about 2.15Ks I lap around Caulfield Park and kind of started around uh, 4.24s and and then just was going to do three laps and then just get a little bit quicker each each lap. So probably like kind of five seconds a K quicker. And yeah, so then got down to three kind of 18s and then three 11s for the last to and a bit K, so yeah, 6.5 K at 3.18s, um, was kind of working hard towards the end. So yeah, a little bit of a challenging run, but felt pretty good. Um, so it was good there. And then I just did a short jog for a cool down, um, felt pretty good as well. So 4.18s, still around the Caulfield Park. Um, what was that? Friday, oh, yeah, Friday was, um, again, Fridays for the last few weeks have been hard and it was really hard to get out of bed, uh, really hard to get out the door and I thought, oh, I'll do a bit of a run before work and I'll do the rest of it after work and yeah, I ended up going out, um, put some music on and just kind of just tried to zone out and it ended up being an alright run in the end but the way I felt at the start was pretty average and um, but I ended up running kind of uh, 358s for 11k um, and then yeah I didn't end up getting back out in the afternoon so another Friday another um, challenge and it's I guess that's fine like I was you know going okay with the with the k's and 
Um, a, you know, better to be overrested than overtrained and tired. So um, it was fine to take the afternoon off. And yeah, then Saturday, uh, I wanted to do um, my Tuesday session, the short 400 meter reps. Um, I wanted to do my version of it um, and kind of tailored it a bit more to the 50K. So just around the um, Elstermick Park Oval, there's an amateur football oval there. And I just did a session there. It's generally well sheltered from wind by comparison to the coast. And so I just did a few K warm up and then, yeah, then got stuck into the session, which was um, 10 by 400 metres, kind of like fastish, kind of, you know, half marathon pace, 10K pace, and then float a little bit slower than 50K pace. And yeah, so I just did a 4K warm up and then kind of got stuck into it after my drills and some drives. Yeah, the, the 400s was kind of float, uh, hitting them around, you know, 310, 3.5. Some were a bit quicker, but yeah, felt um, pretty good out there. It was, again, it was humid and, and a bit warm, but um, not too bad all considering and floated the 200 meters kind of around low 340s, um, some were a bit quicker, some were slower, so yeah, kind of around that 340s. And yeah, so what was that? That ended up being 15.8 Ks at 355s, but the uh, the kind of 6 Ks worth of effort was some, kind of somewhere around that three high teens, high 318s or something like that. And so yeah, that was my Saturday. Um, in the morning and then in the afternoon after work again I just went out along the coast um, just did a cruisy kind of half an hour and yeah kind of just another good day on a Saturday after the crap days on the Friday and kind of started out at you know nearly four minute 40 pace and kind of progressed down to 355s by the end um, yeah so it was happy that was a 20 odd k day and then today, Sunday. Um, yeah, we had um, every couple of weeks we've got our um, Evolve Run Club group runs at Elwood Pier and they'll kind of move around to different locations. But um, yeah, Elwood Pier and we just kind of cruised. We had like, uh, there's about eight of us, eight or nine of us in the end. And yeah, we just kind of cruised um, somewhere around five minute pace, but ended up being about 4.53s. Um, yeah. Heart rate was like 110, 115 for the heart rate for the run, so pretty crazy. Thought about getting out in the afternoon for another two or three k to kind of round the week up to 140 k's for the week. But um, yeah, pretty happy. Um, I felt I feel pretty rested already. So um, I usually would try and taper a bit lighter than I have and keep training a bit heavier. But um, considering the distance is a little bit longer, and I've been doing some decent weeks. Um, I thought I'd just rest it a little bit more um, just to make sure that I'm fresh and, you know, I don't have any kind of excuses on the day. So, yeah, pretty happy with the week. Um, yeah, nothing special to report uh, with a short taper week. So that's me. Nice, Dion. Um, yeah. nice, 70Ks less than uh, what you normally do. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, last week, the week before, it was 182, so I've still taken off 40, 44K. Yep. Um, and again, I'll take, I'll, I'll probably go pretty light this week with the training. Um, usually, I'd like to keep the the taper a bit heavier with the Ks because I know that if I just stay home and not training, I'll probably just snack. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I can be more rested, but... You know, you start putting on some weight, or you know, so um, being outside kind of just keeps me a bit accountable. So, yeah. What's How a, did you, uh, oh, sorry, you go. Oh, um, oh. What, what's a Dion taper look like? So this week, um, like you obviously can't get any fitter in six days. Um, yeah, what's the next six days look like? Like, how much running will you do? I'll still run every day. I'll. I'll try, I'll try not to do any doubles, so which uh, reluctantly will will do that. Um, yeah, I'll still I'll still probably get like you know seventy k's up until before the race and then race. So it'll still be a decent week to me. But yeah, to try and keep an average of kind of like 12, 11, 12 k k's per day average um, Monday to. Saturday will be, you know, not quite used to that. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll try and front load the week and then just, you know, kind of like 50 minutes, 40 minutes, 30 minutes before the race. Um, yeah, including in the session within the 50 minutes. So, yeah, it'd be a pretty easy week. Nice. You go, Apples. Uh, just checking your, um, your 400s and 200s from, uh, was it? Uh, there you go from yesterday now that first couple were you like out of the blocks on that one because i'm looking at your strava and going very nice or is it just a, a glitch in the uh the laps so yeah sub, so sub three minute that, first k yeah so that was so if you check out on the actual laps there's about 500 meters at like two minute 49 and that was just me kind of doing my strides, kind of take like 20 seconds at the end of the stride, stop the watch, um, and then did the next stride. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. so the first 400 metres kind of gets to 900 metres of like, you know, of a kilometre. So, yeah, kind of sped up the first K. But the actual um, reps were, um, you know, they were recording the first actual 400 was 308 pace. So... Um, yeah, I wasn't running sub threes. Maybe <laughs> you Strava wanked it. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you nick earled it. <laughs> Definitely one. Um, uh, that's why we. Uh, you always take Strava with a grain of salt there. But uh, that's consistent. Nice. Split, so. Yeah, nice feeling. Were you feeling fresh on that one? Yeah, I felt. I felt pretty cruisy. Um, I, I, I did work a bit hard towards the end, um, but that's probably because I guess the purpose of this one was to keep the... The purpose really would have been to keep the floats a little bit faster and the and the actual reps a little bit slower um, so that it was a bit, you know, just like changing of pace as opposed to a bit more of a variation in the speed that I... I kind of had. I probably should have ran a little bit slower on those 400s. Um, you know, 
a little bit slower or a little bit faster than 50k pace and then the floats a little bit slower but yeah the difference is a bit more yeah a bit more noticeable yeah but that's it it's, it's you got to go by feel as well and and a session like that might give you the mental boost that you need and you've every other session you've done is backing up uh your mileage anyway so and race mileage so yeah have you um did you road test your race kit at all this week like uh, race kit or are you set no, not to really. go? I've, I've kind of tested race kit on a couple of the like that 50k long run i did tested the race kit so yeah um yeah no i'm not worried about race kit or anything if anything if it's hot like i would love to like take the singlet off because that's just going to get like really heavy with the sweat so but, um, would yeah. like to see that too my <laughs> 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 back yeah for our listeners out there you have been dion has been soaking up those beachside rays that's for sure <laughs> the, the four of us joining forces last weekend around listy it was like a couple of pale hills ghosts <laughs> Verway, who's he's got a bit of uh, beachside colour, and then Loco, the guy who's just come back from Miami. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to pin your number to your shorts, Loco. <laughs> yeah, or his ankles. Covered in coconut oil. <laughs> nice. Um, I'll go over pacing and everything after I go over my week um, and our thoughts going into the race, but. Uh, Apples and JD, I didn't ask about your tapers. Like, how do how do your tape? Do you have anything to add in terms of the taper week, uh, or is it pretty similar to sort of what how Dion goes about it? Yeah, I've sort of they've always been consistently like if it's for a marathon, it's it's typically the week will be about a, a marathon and a half in distance, so sort of sixty to seventy k for the week. Um, no sessions, single runs, and gradually. So midweek long run would be sort of 12K and then work down from that, and the day before would be probably 5 or 6K for race day. Yeah, yeah nice. And I, um, I'll do two sessions, but they'll be super light, so that'll be like a Tuesday, Thursday, and that might be um, just some either rhythm running on Tuesday for maybe 15 minutes total, and then... Um, probably some like, so that might be one minute on, one minute off. Um, and then I might do, you know, five to 10 minutes at race pace on Thursday, followed by a couple of strides, you know, four or five strides just to keep, keep things ticking over, especially because my build up has been, um, quite sparse. So yeah, that, that'll be me for a normal marathon too. It'll be, you know, 50 to... 50 to 60 Ks prior to the marathon, just single days. And as everyone else has said, gradually getting less, but yeah, a few sharpeners just to keep feeling like, you know, you're ready to box. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty similar apples just to keep the legs rolling. Um, like that's the only point of running. It's just to, um, keep them, keep them fresh. And, um, uh, so they don't feel all heavy and, um, yeah, fatigue just from not running. Um, yeah. 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 And will either any of you guys have like a full day off? I know JD, you had you've had a few throughout this block, but will either of you have any other uh, days off? No. I'm gonna have Friday. 
uh, unlikely for me. I, I've I've done it in the past, and I don't know. You, you just feel a little too rested. I feel a bit stale coming into race day. Um, yeah. So no, I'll be running every day. Yeah, I, I won't have a, a day off um, purely because I haven't had a I, I haven't had a day off for I don't know how long. Um, uh, and so my day, day, I feel better when I go out for like an easy 30 minute shuffle, like five minute per K. I actually don't feel tired from that. I, I feel better. Um, it's like a stretch, um, for me. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. it's funny how it's got to that stage. Um, I think when you've run for a long time, it just, that, that, that you, you feel worse if you don't run. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm tickling the day after the 50. Oh. <laughs> There's no need to talk about that. Or two days, two days after is even worse. And, and, two and weeks. You find, I find too, if if you have a rest day, you sit around overthinking what's going to happen race day as well. So yeah. you can turn up mentally fatigued before you even start because you're just, you're too idle. Yeah, get a bit antsy. Unless you're at work. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I've got work yeah. this week. What am I thinking? We'll be at work. <laughs> Look, I'm having um the reason for me I'm probably going to have that Friday um probably off or very, very, very light. Um just because like I haven't had much of a taper but also much of um my build up's been quite consistently getting bigger each week. So um so I think I just need yeah, I, I, I like having the day off the day off two days before a race, like definitely have to run the day before a race, get in a couple of strides. But um, yeah, two days off, two days before the race usually is, is a nice one. Um, anyway, that's that's probably more so on a track race as opposed to a marathon, but uh, I'll see how I go for this one. I may not have it off, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. Good question. Good yeah. question. Um, all right, I'll go over my week. Uh, I got I clocked 120 k's for the week, so um, and that was largely because I just ran for 90 minutes today um, and no double yesterday. Uh, I did a lot of easy running and just two sessions. Um, had a couple of two massages um, and one gym session on Tuesday. Uh, on Monday, I just ran 70 minutes easy after work um, after a massage. Um, I was pretty tired from a big weekend. Uh, Saturday was where I did the four by five k, and Sundays was when I ran with you, you guys um, at Listerfield. Uh, yeah, felt the heels a little bit in the legs actually, um, so uh, went pretty slow on Monday. Tuesday, I woke up in the morning and Remy was back. Um, he was feeling good again. I ran with Remy. I was pretty inspired after interviewing CJ Albertson on Tuesday morning, um, and. Yeah, just a few things that he said about not focusing on the laps and um, and just, just reminding you that you will go through bad patches, but if you hang in there, there's going to be a good patch most likely just around the corner. Um, probably, yeah, not focusing on the laps was a big thing um, that I took away from the chat. Um, uh, he just treats it like any old marathon and, and sort of just acknowledges where he is in the race mileage wise or K wise rather than the laps. Um, and he seemed to like get so focused on just winning or, or running well or his performance. So he was so focused on 
on that aspect that he wasn't focusing. He doesn't. He seemed to not focus on on um, the negative aspects, and um, so yeah, it was nice chatting to him. And um, he's certainly one mentally tough uh, customer. Um, you know, being able to run fifty nine k's on a treadmill and and some of the things that um, he's he's achieved already in his his young career. Um, so I just ran with Remy after that chat and was quite inspired. Uh, 4.41s, just a long stumpy gully road, I think, um, for 12Ks. And then in the afternoon, ran with Remy again. And I reckon Remy was holding me up um, on Tuesday, actually. He was definitely definitely lost a bit of form. Um, I was pulling him along, but he, 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 was, he was loving it being back out there. I reckon he was smiling uh 450s um for 7.27k so another couple just two easy runs for tuesday wednesday was my last real um sort of sharpness session and then friday I did a sharpness session as well and and then i pretty much just just flop around this week and do just sort of jog every day um and a few few strides um but on wednesday i teed up with jess dunsmore one of the boys i coach at ballon park in the morning and we did a 20 minute warm up and warm down. And I've done this session actually before a few of my better marathons. So it was kind of like what Johnny was saying before, you know, just stick to a winning formula and um, do something that's worked in the past. And whether it's because of that or a myriad of other factors in your, in your build up, it's kind of just nice mentally to just stick with what you've done. So that when you stand on the start line, start line you're just sort of like, oh, you know, I've, I've done everything that I did before a good marathon. Um, so I did, you know, the one, 1Ks, I did uh, a 1K, a 5K, a 1K, a 5K, a 1K. So it was 13Ks, two 5K efforts at sort of a bit quicker than marathon pace, um, but close to. And then um, the 1Ks were a lot faster just to try to um, make marathon pace feel easier. Uh, and ran 310 straight into a 1639, 311, 1654 and 307. Um, and did that with Jess. Um, and it was great having him for the duration of the session. We sort of um, took half of the session each at the front. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, that that's a nice, nice session because it certainly makes that um, 1720s that we have to do on race day um, feel a bit more achievable. Um, Thursday, I did two easy runs, a 60-minute run in the morning, um, just really slow and relaxed. And the whole purpose of the run, like, I, I just went out and was like, okay, I'm really trying to freshen up now. Uh, it's taper time. 40 minutes in the afternoon along Stumpy Gully Road again. A nice group. I actually ran with Jay um, uh, as well, Dion, <laughs> this week. Um, and then a few of the other Run Culture Hours. And we just did 9Ks um, at 4.25s. Friday, went to Ballon Park again and did similar to what JD did on Saturday, a 5K time trial. And I paced uh, one of the boys I coached, Damien Clark, who's actually going to do the Facebook Live next week for our race. Um, it was his birthday. And the last two years, he's actually been injured on his birthday and, and had stress fractures and not been able to run. So the whole goal this year was to get him to his birthday injury free and to do a 5k and and um, yeah he did a he did a massive PB so he broke 16 minutes for the first time. Um, I helped pace him with Jess uh, Dunsmore and um, 
we had about four of the other boys I coach out watching and cheering him on. Um, so once again, just a great, great uh, morning with the group. And yeah, one year ago, Damien was struggling to break 17 minutes. So um, it was really cool just to see how much he's progressed and improved. Um, and so that was good fun pacing Damien. And it was nice for me to get a bit of a sharpener like that. I, I benefited from it as well. And uh, yeah, 3K warm up, 4K warm down. Saturday was just one easy run after work. Um, so yeah, no more doubles now. So uh, from Saturday, I normally do no doubles um, the week before the run. Um, so just did an hour along Stumpy Gully Road after work um, at 4.53s. Um, and yeah, had another massage after work. Sunday, 90 minutes easy at Devil Bend. And it was funny how short that that distance seems now after doing a few three hour runs and it was quite humid this morning so I hope next Sunday is okay um, but you know we can only control what we can control so if it is hot we're just going to have to prepare for it. Um, had a good group this morning, um, was out with uh, Karina Fife, uh, Melanie Ta Townsend, um, Sean Whip um, and Damien Clark and Jess Dunsmore again so it was good running with a good group and we just did 4.15s for 21k um, and felt really good just on the dirt roads in Devil Bend, one of the most underrated uh, training venues in Victoria, I reckon. Um, and yeah, feeling really good and confident and um, really excited going into next week. Um, yeah, just um, wrapped with um, also behind the scenes how everything's going and the announcement today with Dan Andrews um, was really quite fitting you know like the fact that we announced this um that we're going to do this eight nine weeks ago and then the week before he sort of a, has an announcement like that which i mean we'll clarify if it mean if it means what we think it means um during the week and um yeah write a bit of a post and and we'll include that um you know just on the run culture page and and we'll all share that on our and on our social media and the day before the race we'll you know have a link to the tomato chip timing so everyone can follow along and and the morning of we'll have the facebook live link as well um so yeah it's it's super exciting um yeah can't wait for next week mate that that wednesday session's an absolute belter <laughs> yeah I mean, it was good having help with jess um he certainly um, made that first 5k a little bit quicker than i had planned um and then I just, I, I paced um, pretty much after that. So the last um, 7K, I, I was pacing and sort of uh, reined it in a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it felt, it did feel a little bit quick, that 16.39 to be honest. Um, but then after that, the 16.54 felt slow. Like, yeah. um, so, uh, but yeah, we're going to have to do 10, 10 5K um, 10, 10 lots of 5k um, on the day so um, it's quite you know we're out there for a while um, hang on I thought it was 5 by 10k yeah 5 <laughs> by 10k sounds better yeah well yeah it's, it's... I thought it was 25 by 2k <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm certainly not going to think of it as 125 by 400 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah and Dane I want to thank you because you've confirmed some research that was done last week. Uh, Remy's back and you're running 440s instead of five minute Ks. Yeah, true, true. 
But I definitely reckon that second run, I was, I was pulling Remy. Like he did. Um, so what was that? He did. Um, twenty k. Twenty k for the day. So that was yeah. That was, that was probably the coach's fault. Like I probably pushed him a little bit too hard after a week off. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, nah, he loves running. Um, like um, no, nah, he's made to run. Um, if I didn't run him, he wouldn't be exercising enough. Um, but yeah, that, no, that, it was good to have him back. <laughs> um, yeah, and which brings us to pacing, pacing for the day. Um, we actually haven't had a chat of it, about this off air. I actually forgot to, to chat about it before the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, JD, what were you thinking? Um, I think you and I were thinking along the same lines. Um, yep. I guess it depends on how we feel on the day, but I don't want to push too close to the edge and then end up running 310. Yeah. Um, like having a PB just under three hours that I've got, worst case, I've got to break that. So definitely the first 10K, I want to be just under record pace, I think. And um, hopefully progress from there. So... I'll, I'll take the record by a second over blowing up and missing it by 15 minutes or something. Definitely. And it's going to come down to the weather. Um, like, we, we, we don't know what the weather's going to be like on the day. Um, but even so, um, I don't know. I was sort of of the opinion that if we can all use each other as a, as a team and, and run together, um, uh, it makes sense. Um, uh, like for as long as we can. And then like, if someone's feeling good with 10 K to go, um, then that they, they push on. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I reckon that gives us the most probable chance of definitely getting the record, uh, rather than sort of, uh, risking it. Um, and, um, yeah. And pushing too hard. I mean, uh, apples, what were you thinking? Yeah, well, in my situation, I'll be um, doing very little for as long as possible. Uh, probably from about four five thirty a.m. all the way through to midday. So that's it. Won't you see me? No. I'm actually going for the win, so I don't really care about pacing. No, I, um, look, I, I get. I know. For three of us, we haven't done a, a race like this. Loco has done a few races on the track like this, so um, <clears throat> so he's obviously the the, the not most knowledgeable one out. But as with most endurance races, you know, starting off a little bit easier and coming home stronger is usually a winning formula. But at the end of the day, it's a race, so um, if we can help each other out for as long as possible, great. But if people are wanting to fly off the front or do whatever, then, uh, yeah, the idea then is to chase them down. So, <laughs> <laughs> Loco, what were you thinking? Um, yeah, well, we've, we've, we have sort of chatted previously, you know, with our long runs the week before. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of, you know, on, you know, two thoughts. So I, I, I just, I'm, I'm happy to go out like, you know, 253 kind of like flat kind of pace and then just see how we go. Um, and then, you know, whether 
whether or not you need to adjust or something, um, you know, five, 10 Ks in or 45 Ks in, um, you know, to just go from there. But if, if the weather is okay, then it kind of gives you a bit more flexibility as to how you can attack the run. Um, I do want to be brave and I, I don't want to just, um, I don't want to just break it and feel like I didn't push hard enough. So it's kind of like, you know, do you push a bit too hard and risk, you know, dying a thousand deaths, um, you know, each laps. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of happy to go out just under the pace and then just kind of wake the legs up and kind of then get going. Um, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, I'm in shape to go under. So it's just a matter of, you know, do you do I go out conservative and just go under and you know potentially you know leave feeling like oh I could have done a bit more or you know going out a bit hard and then you know potentially not getting it because I was too ambitious or something like that. So um, with an ultra, you know you can you can really that back end you can really get found out if you've gone a bit too ambitious. You know, in a marathon, if you hit the wall at 35k, you generally will get home, but um, without hitting too much of a slow patch. But if you hit the wall at 35, 40k in a 50k race, then you know there's likely going to be walking or slow jogging. So that time just completely balloons out. So I'm mindful of that as well, um, which I've had in the 100k races. You know, you get to a certain stage where you've just reached your capacity and you just, um, you need a walk and then you've lost, you know, you're doing 12 minutes a K sort of thing. And that's going to happen to any of us with the 50K. It's not long enough to really need to walk for that long. Yeah, I'd like to just be open to the pace changes. And um, if, if one of us is feeling good, then, you know, we, then we sort of go for it or, but, uh, yeah, I'm happy to kind of work together as a team. Um, since we've done all this work together, even just organising it, like, that's a huge team effort. I think we kind of, you know, be nice to share a few of that t- those Ks together and um, kind of heckle each other along the way. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon it's easier in a team. Like, like it's easier to run in a group. Um, like, you save energy. Uh, it's a long way. So, like... I guess like, you know, say Dion, like you're feeling good at 10K, 15K, do you just sit in and save your effort like for later? Or do you just, do you go around Liam and, and run your own pace and run, run solo? Like is like, um, like if that, yeah. if, if you're thinking about that during the race, what are you going to do? Or, or it's hard to say. It's hard to say if it's like one or two seconds a K, like that I want to improve by in terms of the speed, then I'll probably just sit because, you know, it'll end up cost me four seconds without having pacing or like, you know, just like a bit of a draft or, yep. um, you know, it might change around like drink stations and stuff. You might surge off and get a clean break, but, you know, you fall back into the group sort of thing. Um, and I, I think how you also mentioned, Dane, about your interview with CJ, um, which was really good, by the way. Um, he had some really good um, insight 
And just like about the last, like I think I've mentioned it before, but you just don't count them. You, there's, although you're doing the same lap, there's always something going on, you know, like, you know, someone's going to be, you know, talking, someone's going to be breathing heavily, you know, you're going to be thinking, oh, what are they thinking? Or, you know, <laughs> how are they feeling? Or, you know, you probably think, oh, if you tell the pacer or, you know, oh, a little bit quicker, a little bit slower, one of the support crew, you know, I'll get a flat Coke on the next lap and someone calls out your name and cheers and you're kind of like distracted all the time. So yeah, you just forget about the laps. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because uh, when you mentioned that CJ mentioned that, it was, uh, it's important to like, you know, it's a long, a lot of laps and everything, but because there's so many, you just don't count them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, does it, do you want to throw any sort of race predictions out there or? Um... Maybe we do that, do a post and let do a poll and let the viewers yeah. listen. Yeah, that sounds of, good. Yeah. I guess that, the, like, I've just no, roughly do. written up the splits um, for Mark Tucker's record. Um, it's 328 per kilometre, uh, roughly 1720 uh, for, a f for five kilometres, roughly 3440 for 10 kilometres, uh, roughly 7315 for half marathon, 226.30 for a marathon. Um, yeah, so, like, they're the rough rough splits, like, for listeners at home that um, that we have to hit to get the record. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what we should do? Um, I'll see how we go this. Um, but, um, you know, maybe the winner gets a case or something like that of, beer like you know if they like for the person that gets like the closest to the overall per second you know so you pick for each person the time you think they're going to run and relative yeah, yeah. I mean, if someone doesn't finish then the, their time doesn't count but um you know if we all kind of you know if we all finish and you know someone yeah. predicts our times and, and you can't yeah. predict dnfs like that's never a good good thing because I've yeah. had polls like that in the past. <laughs> and three of us have to finish for one of us to get the record, isn't it? No, three of us have to start, isn't start. it? Just start. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, we're going to do that. <laughs> Six days out, we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, question for, um, for uh, drink stations. Sorry, do we are we allowed to have people like restocking and and sorting the drink stations out, or do we have to have them set up and and not be touched? I don't know whether you remember us talking about that. But they have to be within like that feeding zone. Yeah. So um, I talked to Sarah um, Davis, the race referee, about it, and she said we're allowed to have someone helping us with our drinks, but they have to stay within our, our table and our zone. Um, uh, yeah. So she's going to have um, an official actually watching watching that um, to check that um, people stay within our zone. So we, we can okay. have someone passing the drinks as long as they're in the zone. And, and another thing about race day, um, we have to make sure if a pacer drops out, they don't come back in. Because that is against the rules and 
something that they did for the breaking two-hour marathon. And once we do that, we're either disqualified or our record record doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. So that would also be for any people that rock up wanting to, you know, offer their support. Yeah, we, we definitely don't need people jumping in for a lap just to feel what the pace is like or to try and help us, which, you know, would be really nice that people want to help. But, yeah, it's not going to um, do us, a, you know, any favours on the day if people are, you know, putting our run in jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, potentially Pete Dutton and Jess Dunsmore going to 15K as paces. Um and then Liam Liam Adams going to thirty k, um, and Clint Perrett going to five. Yeah. How good? How good is that? Yeah. <laughs> world World Cross Rep uh, is is Clint World Yeah Clint's World Cross Rep isn't he? Yeah. Liam's an yeah. Olympian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Liam uh, Olympian, <laughs> games, World Cross. You know, got some juniors is coming through. Up and coming juniors. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's been a journey, fellas. Too like we've rid, ridden this race all the way from lockdown into having a crowd there next weekend. It seems a bit unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, super exciting. Can't wait. Yeah, get some good sleep. <laughs> yeah, far out. So that's pretty much it, boys. And then the next time we chat, we will have finished the fifty k. Um, and we will finish this challenge. So it'll be good just to wrap up the the 50K Lockdown Challenge podcast with another episode and debrief on how it all went, how it all panned out, and um, we'll be uh, four pretty um, uh, tired souls um, when we catch up next. Do you reckon we could get some audio post-race on the day? Oh, I don't know if we're up to it. <laughs> oh, a couple of sports beers will be right. <laughs> Maybe we do it from there. Yeah, yeah. If we just get a couple of grabs from the uh, Facebook Live, if, if someone's like, you know, chatting away or something like that. Yeah. And I know from um, the Warburton Trail Fest in the past, uh, they've done it over Facebook Live and the Runner Chat guys have done interviews through that Um through that service, so which that's always a possibility post race as well. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant, boys. Awesome. Anything else to add? You should all rest up. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is an early one, so let's let's right. take that. Come on, night owl apples. Sorry. I reckon I have a few good sessions this week. <laughs> like yeah, I reckon you should do. 50k doubles every day, Dion. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon triples. Yeah, I reckon Apple should jump into a Netflix marathon. (laughs) Enjoy those bags of lollies, Dion. (laughs) Yeah. I might send you some extra. Yeah, send me a few meat pies and send me a few like sausage rolls and (laughs) I'll send you my uh, my school reports I've got to write so you can. You, can so enjoy that. you would not believe it. I had a dream the other night about the race, and <laughs> it was actually it was an indoor track in this building. Um, my shoes didn't arrive, but they had a shoe store. They only had one size thirteen and one size ten. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and we couldn't start because we were waiting for Michelle James to turn up, which I didn't even know she was coming. Um, <laughs> and cricketers were walking through to get to the Oval, which was next to us. And um, How'd the race go? Crowd. There was a big crowd. We didn't get to the race. <laughs> and then it actually it was on the wrong weekend as well. So, yeah, it was really bizarre. Jeez. We, we had a... We had a big crowd for an, an indoor track inside a building. It was it was pretty good. Yeah. Spuds had going down well, like in general. <laughs> special <laughs> special spuds up here. Definitely, <laughs> definitely time to wrap up, boys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Barry, did you? I guess want to you know give yourself a little introduction for some of the the listeners. Um, we'll whack this onto podcast um but yeah a little thing you know brief thing about yourself and i'll ask you about the sports beer and and a few other questions about that as well yep yeah for sure um so look a little about myself and i and i won't give you the the three hour version i'll keep it really really short my my background is basically in sales and particularly to do with fast moving consumer goods um so i have worked in and around the the liquor industry for for many many years um since before i was 18 so nearly 40 years now um and have, have worked with some of some of the biggest brands. Um, in fact, if you think of all the household name alcoholic brands, I've been involved in some way, shape, or form. Um, though, as an individual, I'm I'm also a runner and a, a kind of a, not quite a weekend warrior because I do tend to run during the week as well. But um, you know, really really love sport and love running. Um, and yeah, combining our our knowledge of beverages and our knowledge of sports um, just seem to make sense and they go hand in hand so well so that's kind of um, you know a little bit about me and, and and my two my two colleagues that are also involved in the business um, have very similar backgrounds and um, are also you know loves the sport love a good beer um, but we've but you know I, I think like yourself Dion you know we kind of understand the challenges of um, exercise and training and, and trying to build up your fitness and being conscious of health and then uh, you know, while we enjoy a beer afterwards, it's that, uh, hmm, do I really want that much alcohol? Um, I've got an early run tomorrow morning. Do I really want to get out and drink too much? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And I, I think that's, you know, I guess all the fitness enthusiasts, you know, even if like you're going to the gym or something, like you're kind of like, oh, it, it's kind of like a taboo kind of thing. You know, if you're drinking while you're training, it's kind of like, oh, you know, there, there's, some sort of expected guilt associated with it when like realistically you know we all have lives and we all have you know friends we want to catch up with or you know watch a sports game with a friend so i think it's really good that we're able to have you know a drink every now and then and you know or more a little bit more regularly without having to to feel a little bit you know either guilty or something but just also not waking up the next day um with that headspace of a little bit groggy or um, even the ones that I, the drinks that I've had, um, you know, I've probably gone through a couple of slabs of the beer so far, but like I've not felt too sluggish afterwards. I've had I've had a few in the morning um, after like some hot runs, um, and it's been really great. Um, so yeah, I used to have like like chocolate milks after hard long runs when it's hot, and I've I've yes. started having some. Uh, the of the sports beers and it's it's just gone down so well it's really drinkable i think so that's been good um but i guess um i was going to ask um can you share a bit about what sports zero um yeah what zero plus sports beer is 
Yeah, sure. So um, it's uh, it, it's almost breaking into a new category, but it's also building off um, some massive growth that we've seen in, I guess, Europe and the US and um, this whole, uh, you know, I, I guess, I guess consumer driven need for healthier lifestyles as you were just talking about and and also love of sport and love of fitness um the the, the idea kind of came about to create this beer which perhaps i'll go into in, in a minute but but effectively um zero plus sports beer is a is a very high quality pale ale produced in the way that you would normally produce a pale ale with some some minor adjustments to make sure that we don't end up with the same levels of alcohol um, and paul Paul Holgate at Holgate Brewery has done an amazing job in terms of um, developing and managing a product that um, does come in at just under that 0.5%. So it has about 0.4% alcohol, um, which effectively rules it as an alcohol-free product, um, not dissimilar to, say, a kombucha in terms of alcohol level or um, even some orange juices, in fact, have, have that level of alcohol and don't need to record it, of course. It just happens naturally. Um, so the difference with our with sports beer is rather than just being another non-alcoholic beer is that um, we've, we've included some of the key electrolytes into it. Um, you know, from a recovery point of view. So, um, you know, we, we, we've looked at various different electrolyte drinks on the marketplace and majority of them are designed primarily for, um, you know, while we're actually performing. And so they tend to be a little heavy in, you know, sodium chloride and so forth, because that's what you need while you're, when I say a little heavy, that's right, because that's, that's what they're designed for. Um, what we're about is, is, is recovery. And so um, while we do have a little bit extra sodium chloride than you would normally get in a beer, we've focused more on the sort of magnesium, potassium and calcium side of it, which, um, you know, is great from, as you know, Dion, yeah, magnesium and potassium, great for muscle recovery, um, protein synthesis, all those sorts of things that come as a result of that. And getting that blend right was really, really critical. And then calcium, purely and simply from bone density, you know, the, particularly for running, you know, less so for those cyclists that might be out there, but certainly for those that are runners, um, the constant impact and, and potential for bone, bone stresses is quite high. Um, and so, you know, the calcium actually can, can assist in terms of building bone strength and bone density, which is great. Mm, so it's so it's effectively a beer that's designed for recovery. But early on in the process, we did um, we did think about uh, you know are, are we a sports drink or are we a, a a sports beer? You know, like are we a beer or are we a sports drink kind of conversation? And um, very early on, we realised that we're a serious beer and we're about being a beer. But it just so happens that we're a beer that's really really good for sports recovery, and that's 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 what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So, would you be Say if you were to, you know, if you had one in the car with you opened, would, would you still be able to get it? Like, if, say if you were pulled over or something, would you be able to have one open in the car with you? Or is that, is that still, um, is that like a, you know, breaking the rules sort of thing? It would be interesting because I imagine if you were driving along with, with one of our beers in your hand, I think people would look sideways and wonder what the heck you were doing driving along with, a, with, a, with what looks like a very serious beer in your hand. Um, but techni technically, no, it's actually legal. It's, it's an alcohol-free product and so technically it's quite legal. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think we'd probably invite, if, if a police car came by, so I imagine we'd be inviting, <laughs> inviting a discussion and a conversation if they saw it. And, you know, we're very much an adult beverage. We, we certainly don't market to, to youth or people under 18. 
legally um, people who are under 18 can drink the product legally that's fine but we're definitely an alcohol definitely a, an adult product that happens to be alcohol free um, and from a legal point of view no you can you can drink as much of it as you like while you're driving along and um, and it won't put you over 0.05 at any point in time it's it's like physically impossible to drink that much of it that it would get enough alcohol in your system to to um, to put you over the limit okay awesome that's great and I guess so then how did you get the idea of Zero Plus? I, I sort of read on the blog that, you know, there was the three of you guys and you kind of just got the idea. Is that is that kind of where it all came from? Yeah, look, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. The three of us really, as I said earlier, the three of us are, are kind of pretty passionate about a number of different sports and, and, and you know, over the years have kind of enjoyed a beer when it's been appropriate. And um, there, there's been a number of things happening globally from a non-alcoholic point of view. So, you know, we've seen right throughout Europe, it's pretty common to be able to buy non-alcoholic beverages, not just beer, but also wine and spirits. Um, and there's been a massive growth in that area. Um, countries like Germany encourage athletes to drink non-alcoholic beer. Um, not necessarily electrolyte enhanced like ours because they don't have that available there. That's kind of a, a new innovation that we've come up here in Australia, as far as I can tell. Um, but certainly the, the, the benefits from a recovery point of view are enjoyed by athletes throughout Europe. And that, that's become quite common. Um, and as I mentioned, Germany particularly are at the forefront of that. Both the winter and summer Olympic team are encouraged to drink non-alcoholic beer during events. Um, if you, you go to the Olympic Village, they'll, they'll be there and it'll be available to them. Um, and so we, we kind of knew that and knew that, that that hadn't really hit Australia yet. And yet, you know, when you, when you start to talk to and survey um, both elite athletes, but also, you know, those, I, I kind of say weekend warriors, but there's a lot of pretty serious weekend warriors out there who run some pretty serious distances over their time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they tend to enjoy a beer afterwards, you know, and um, some of the things that came out in our research when we spoke to them about, you know, so what do you actually drink or consume after, after your events or after running, um, particularly running, but we also included cyclists in, in the survey and, the information we're getting back was, well, I tend to have an electrolyte drink and then I wait an hour and then I have a beer. <laughs> and others were saying, well, I like to have a beer, but I kind of, you know, <laughs> I kind of try to make sure that I'm getting my electrolyte somewhere in my food if I can. Um, so there, as you are saying before, there's that kind of, I know what the right thing is, but I want the enjoyment of a beer. And so the idea really came from there to go, well, actually it's possible. Um, you know, we know that beer is basically a really good recovery beverage. The problem is that it typically has alcohol. Um, so the alcohol undoes the good work and dehydrates the body as, as most of us are aware. Um, so taking the alcohol out, what you've got is a great recovery product, um, incorporates some, some good quality electrolytes with the right mix um, without overdoing it. You know, we haven't overdone it. Um, then what you've got is, the, is, is a really, really good recovery beverage. Um, the bits that, you know, we don't have in there and, um, you know, for, as, as I'm sure you're aware, um, you know, the need for, for carbs and, and calories and so forth, if you're doing long distances, we don't have that in the beer. Um, and people, uh, you know, typically are getting that from their, their diets anyway. Um, so it's, it's actually a very low calorie product which um, so from a bottle point of view, there's only 47 calories total in a whole bottle, <laughs> which is, which is incredible. Yeah, nothing at all. Yeah. yeah and so, that, so is that like what kind of makes it so good for recovery? Like that it's, you know, a mix of electrolytes, low calories, you know, um, so people like, 
is this like a part of someone's recovery protocol or is this to coincide with something that uh, any fitness enthusiast is already you just cut out in there sorry oh, um i was just saying like if they have a um you know it's it's a zero plus part of like you know someone's kind of already balanced kind of recovery protocol or, or would that would they be putting you know this in place with you know to replace something else or you know does it just take over um you know or go alongside something that they're already doing yeah, look, I think um, I, I, I think what it does is it can replace a little bit of what people are con uh, perhaps drinking afterwards. So whether it was a beer or whether it was an electrolyte drink, instead of having a little bit of each, or sometimes having one, sometimes having the other, this beverage can can serve both purposes. Um, so it does replace the electrolytes. Um, it has polyphenols, and the polyphenols in the beer, by the way, the reason they're good for you is that um, they're anti-inflammatory. So from a recovery point of view, that's one of the reasons why beer happens to be great from a recovery point of view, as long as you don't have the alcohol in there. Um, so effectively, yeah, it's, it's kind of replacing those that would normally have an electrolyte drink after. Um, you know, you mentioned before the chocolate milk and, you know, I've, I've been down that path myself and, you know, it's, it's actually kind of, it's kind of a really good drink to have, I find, if it's in the winter. But, you know, if you're out running and it's been, I don't know, mid-20s outside or warmer, um, I do find it a little bit strange to drink, <laughs> whereas, whereas this product really fits the bill really nicely. Um, and the electrolytes are specifically designed for recovery as opposed to who knows what you're getting in the milk. Um, because that will vary from one brand to another. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly there. It can, it can um, you know, replace what people were consuming before from an electrolyte point of view. And it can also um, you know, replace the beer. It's, 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 um, while it's a serious recovery drink, it's also a little bit about fun. You know, and pe people actually want the reward afterwards. You know, it's, it's kind of, I've been out, I've exercised. I'd like to consume something that feels good. And particularly if you've been out with your mates and you want to have a drink afterwards, um, it feels more like a social occasion as opposed to um, now sitting down having a recovery. And, and that's where I think it links really well because it's great from a lifestyle point of view. Yeah, fantastic. And um, so you've launched in uh, September, just a couple of months ago now. Um, yeah. How's it been received by people? Have you had any kind of uh, feedback and you know what what's the kind of vibe that you're getting from uh, the customers so far yeah look I mean it's really interesting when you launch a new product on the market you know you you always think you've you've done all your research and done the right things and um, and you kind of I don't know you almost cross your fingers right you go <laughs> we, we think we've got it right we've done our research we're really confident but who really knows what the you know the consumers what the punters out there are actually going to say about it and we we've been delighted with the response um the support that we've had from um both the running and cycling community has been um I, i'd use the word amazing it's just it, it, it's it's a little bit blown me over um we've had pe people talking about the taste and how great it tastes how they wouldn't, you know, you just can't pick that it doesn't have alcohol in it, um, that it's perfect for the occasion. We've also, um, one, one of the other things just, just within that, that um, I guess brings a lot of enjoyment to us is hearing some of the great stories and getting involved in, um, you know, like you guys have got your 50K attempt coming up. Um, 
we've we've got um, or we've had others who who have done some amazing runs that we've been able to to be involved in, like Mark Avery, for example, who you know recently ran from Tweed Heads down to Sydney, and raising money for men's um, men, men's mental fitness and being able to get involved in those sort of things and being a credible product that fits that kind of marketplace has really given us some. Um, some exposure to, to people who, who in turn have given great feedback on the product. Um, so yeah, look, people who have been purchasing have been rebuying, which is always a really good sign. So sometimes, you know, you launch a product, people are curious, they buy it, they try it and don't come back. We're seeing people buying, you know, their second, third and even fourth time at this, at this early stage. And we are only two months in. Um, but so the signs at this point in time are very, very positive. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I know quite a few people that have, bought like you know four or five slabs in one go or you know just um I, i've got a couple of friends in perth and you know one's in the in the mines and is just like saying yeah my friends and i were all loving them working in the mines and um you know other people that are just you know um one of my good mates cyclists and you know catching up with mates and you know you can have a drink afterwards or you know even just having one you know at night before you go to bed and still waking up early in the morning for your next uh, run or ride and you're still able to um, you know kind of feel good while doing it um, so I think that's been really good you know from what I've heard from people that I know um, but has there been any kind of um, you know aspects of the whole launch that have kind of surprised you or I think um, I, I think the, the broad appeal has has been surprising but um, you know, but maybe, maybe it shouldn't have been. I think the, the interest from um, the, the number of people who are looking for non-alcoholic products is just absolutely booming. Um, it, it's, it's a segment which is much bigger than we expected. And just, just yesterday, there was a, a, um, a one-hour session on the ABC Radio nationally talking specifically about the growth in non-alcoholic beverages and why people are consuming non-alcoholic beverages instead of, you know, reaching for an alcoholic drink all the time. And, you know, it's, 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 it's no longer the domain of just because I'm driving, I have to, you know, have a Coke or I have to have a water. Um, it's about health. It's about fitness. It's about feeling better the next morning when you wake up. Um, and the number of people who we've come across who are, who are doing things like having, um, you know, 12 months beer, 12 months alcohol free or 12 months beer free and are going for the non-alcoholic versions. And um, that, that whole market is kind of, you know, and, and until you kind of get involved in it and start to chat with people, you realise just how many people out there are looking for this kind of product. And that, that's probably been a surprising bit for me. Yeah, awesome. And so at the moment, uh, people can buy it online only. Um, are there any... And I think I know you, you're working at getting some like small specialty store, um, you know, shops that are stocking your product. But um, where, where do people purchase the, the beer from at the moment? Yeah, look, so we're available online at, um, on our website, which is, which is quite simple and easy to remember. It's uh, sportsbeer.com.au. We're also available in a few specialty craft store outlets. Um, some of the GoVita health food stores have also put us in because, you know, we're absolutely relevant for, for those stores. And so that, that's been good. There's also, um, you know, up in, up in Sydney, there's a couple of um, uh, online retailers who are, who are, who are selling non-alcoholic beverages only. 
you know, such is the boom in this space, um, which, which is also interesting. But um, look, probably the easiest is, um, you know, I, I think, I think uh, Dan, if you're able to share your code at some point in time, I know you've been doing a lot of that, which has been fantastic. Um, and people, people are, um, you know, perhaps able to use that at sportsbeer.com.au is, 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 uh, is probably the best option, I would suggest. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, so in, in the future, do you kind of, do you see, um, where do you kind of see it all going then in terms of like, you know, are you going to go into any kind of supermarkets or bottle shops or are you going to try and keep it like a, a niche product? Um, what, what's the kind of future looking like? Yeah, look, um, certainly at the moment, um, we, we, we don't want necessarily, I mean, it'd be, be, be wonderful, I suppose, if, you know, the, the product boomed and we were, we were available across all Dan Murphy outlets and broad, and broad across um, all, all the Woolworths and Coles and whatnot. Um, it's not what we're aiming to do at this point in time. Um, we think there's a slight education process with the product and, you know, opportunities like this to share a little more about our product with people, I think is really important for people to understand it. Um, and it, it is a little bit niche in that, uh, you know, we are, we are there for particularly, um, you know, endurance sports is where it fits particularly well. But if you think about a product like, and, and we're, we're certainly, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not a Gatorade, but you think of a product like Gatorade where it started and then, you know, what happened. And, it, and it's a little bit of a seeding process. Um, so in future, certainly, we'll, we, we see ourselves being more broadly available in those, some of those more commercial outlets. But um, we, we think that's quite a way away. And it's not necessarily what we want to do with the product either. You know, we're... Uh, one area I didn't mention was, you know, we're, we're being sold in places like some bike stores as well. Um, we'll also be available in gyms. You know, we see the product, you know, perfect for the, for gym goers out there. Um, so any sporting facilities, um, gym, gym facilities, getting into, into sporting club bars is also one of our plans. Um, and, you know, we're, we're working on a few things there. So people can actually link sport and beer together and you know sports and beer great mates as, as you know is, is is one of our, our our little slogans that goes with it and so it's because we're two months in we're still developing further our plans to see how how far out that actually goes and where it eventually gets to but certainly in the foreseeable future we're going to remain a niche product um and and, and we think that's absolutely the right thing to do yeah and okay so do you see uh, yourself making any other brews or uh, batches? You know, so you, you've got the pale ale. Do you have any other products uh, on the horizon in the future as well? <laughs> we've, um, we, we've, we've, we've done a, a uh, I guess, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about a variety of different things that we could do with the beer. Um, and, you know, one thing we haven't touched on, of course, is, you know, it, while it has protein in it, it's, it's not a protein-based drink in, in to, to, any real, to any real degree. You know, so there's certainly options to us look at those sort of things. But we are sort of under the, the, the banner, I guess, or business name of, um, you know, the Australian, Australian Sports Brewing Company. And we do see ourselves expanding into other, other variants. So whether we go down the track of having a lager, whether we go down the track of having... Um, you know, lager or pilsner style beer, perhaps with some flavours, but, you know, the, the, these are options that we will look at. And overall, though, we, we'll, we'll continue to engage with consumers. Um, we particularly, uh, you know, th those, those that are enjoying our beer, those that are, those that are involved in sport, um, particularly at an endurance level in terms of what they would enjoy. And, 
you know, look, look for products that people would actually like. Um, so yes, that's, that's, there's, there's likely to be an expansion of products. Um, we're two months in though, and we, we want to embed the brand first. Um, but the idea of bringing out a lager, you know, um, perhaps with a little bit, uh, you know, pale ale is quite full flavoured, um, you know, a lager that uh, is perhaps, you know, is even more sessionable would, would be a nice way to go, particularly on those hotter days. Um, and then who knows, maybe we can bring out some some uh, other other beer styles that'll suit the, um, you know, the winter months. Um, not that we have a massive winter in Australia, but we do down in Melbourne way. Um, and, um, you know, ha ha picking some beer styles that might fit with that. So there, there are other, other directions we can go in. Um, uh, you know, with, with the product itself, and, and we'll continue to um, to to engage with consumers on what they're looking for before making any big decisions on them. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And uh, so we've got the 50k run next week. Um, if people are coming along, do that, are we uh, to expect to to see you guys? Uh, maybe a couple of uh, drinks on the cards. Um, you know, what capacity? Uh, Will spectators be able to engage with sports beer uh, next week for the 50k? Yeah, so um, both both Chris and myself are super excited. We're really really looking forward to being there. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess um, yeah, we have to find our biggest esky, I think, and um, fill it with ice and fill it with a few beers and, and get around and chat with people. Um, you know, just, just to show how flexible a beer is, you can actually drink it at, uh, what time are you running off? At 6.30 on Sunday morning? Yeah, we are going at 6.30. I know I've had a couple of drinks around 8am, so... Uh, so well, that's yeah. true. Yeah, it, uh, yeah it, it, it's, it's certainly a product that can be consumed at that time and, um, you know, pe people who are there who are, who are driving are, are, you know, fine. So, yeah, look, um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, to meeting some people. We haven't had much of a chance because of, um, you know, the whole COVID situation, you know, to get out and talk with people. So on a face-to-face -face level anyway. So it would be really good to, um, to see lots of people there and give, give lots of support. And, um, yeah, I'm personally really looking forward to the event. So, uh, you know, can hardly wait. Should be good. So yeah, people will get the chance to try try a beer, um, and there'll be both myself and Chris, and maybe one or two others around to um, to chat about it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, and uh, you know, uh, I know us guys were all looking forward to. Um, I know I've met all of you guys, you know, um, you know, a few times each, but um, you know, for other people who are interested to get to see the face, kind of behind, you know the product and, you know, get to taste it. Um, I think that's pretty exciting. And, um, you know, we're definitely looking forward to um, seeing you guys there and, you know, definitely proud to have you guys on board supporting us along the way, which has been uh, an interesting journey coming out of lockdown while training for this 50K, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. I think um, it's a credit to you guys to, yeah, have picked something like this. I think it is, is a really good idea and it's, it's it's clearly also giving you something to focus on. Um, it's been good listening to the podcast over the time, so I've, I've loved doing that. And uh, as soon as you guys had set a date, I think it was um, it was blocked out in my diary. Um, <laughs> just uh, really, really looking forward to being there. And so, um, you know, good on you. And, and we're um, we're we're equally um, you know proud to be involved in, in in some small way towards the event. And uh, uh, really looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you.